Hey Beacon Church, welcome to this week's Sunday morning message. So please you could join us as usual and if this is your first time, you're more than welcome. Glad you're with us. Uh, we have now reached the end of our prayer month. It's gone pretty quickly, certainly as far as I'm concerned. And uh, looking back past week, we've been praying for our neighbours, haven't we? Praying for friends, family, work colleagues and so on to come to know Jesus. We've been praying for an open heaven, been praying for open hearts and been praying for open mouths. Let's keep doing that just because the week's over, don't let that finish. But also moving forward, just because the prayer month is coming to an end, let's not let our attention to prayer dwindle either. To help us, Andrea Benson is going to be speaking in just a moment, uh, telling us all about unexpected heroines of the faith. There's a couple of women from history she's going to uh, tell us about, tell us some of their story just to inspire us, just to encourage us to keep pressing in. We can learn from people in the past who've just learned how to treasure and value uh, the, 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 the wonders and the, and the power of prayer. Uh, is something we can't let go of as, as God's people as we've been learning this month as well as at other times and let's not let it tail off. Um, Max Licardo is a pastor and an author from the States and he once said, our prayers may be awkward, our attempts may be feeble, but since the power of prayer is in the one who hears it and not in the one who says it, our prayers do make a difference. This is something that God our Father invites us into and through Holy Spirit helps us with. So let's keep pressing in, pressing on and Andrea's going to share some stories now and some scripture readings that just inspire us to keep doing so. Let me just pray for us now and then I hand over to her. Lord, I just uh, thank you so much for the privilege of prayer. I thank you that it's a conversation that you invite us into and make possible through Jesus. Thank you so much. And we're not alone in it. Holy Spirit, you even turn our groans into prayers. Lord, we thank you for what you do. You don't just ask us to do something and leave us to it. You give us the means to do so as well. So Lord, even right now, we open our hearts just to receive a fresh prompt and a fresh challenge, a fresh provocation to press into this more. We thank you for what you've done for us in the past month alone, let alone at other times in stirring in us a deeper heart for prayer and how we as a community have been responding to that. We thank you and, and it's just wonderful to watch and wonderful to participate in but we don't want to lose it and we need your help to do that we're feeble Christian uh, uh, feeble humans who are easily distracted but we don't want to be distracted and and miss the point of this is something for for forever not just for this month so help us to do so and uh, we look forward to hearing from uh, the, what you've put on Andrew's heart for us Lord we ultimately we want to hear from you in Jesus name we pray these things amen over to Andrea. Good morning everyone. I'm rounding off March's focus on prayer today. I think it's been a really encouraging month. I hope you've enjoyed it too. It's been good to focus on prayer as a community, the mutual support as people have tried fasting for the first time or getting back into it. I have to confess, my first day of fasting from screens, staying away from my phone, was a bit of a fail. But I'm going to try again. Praying in groups has been great and of course it will all continue in various ways. I've called this talk Unexpected Heroines of the Faith based on the two main people we will look at today. Briefly, why are we talking about prayer so much? 1 Thessalonians 5 verses 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. In any relationship, including our relationship with God, we have to communicate and spend time together. As Christians, our brokenness, our separateness from God has been dealt with in Jesus' death on the cross and we have been reconciled to God. The gap between us and God has been bridged by Jesus. We can have a relationship with God. So if we say we have a relationship with the living God, our Heavenly Father, we need to talk to him and he wants us to spend time with him and to hear from him. If this is new to you, or you're not sure that you have a relationship with God, speak to Steve or the elders or any one of us and we'd love to help you. So if we're told to pray continually, how do we pray? As an example, Jesus taught his disciples the Lord's Prayer that we can pray or use as a framework for our prayers. But prayer is basically talking to God and listening to him. There are many ways he speaks to us. That's another preach. But Hebrews 1 verse 1 says, In these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. So that's through Jesus' life and teachings. And he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. Again, if you're listening to this talk today and this is new to you, welcome. Anyone can pray, even if it's just, Jesus, if you're there, can you show me? Or Jesus, help me. Talk to someone here if you have questions. We all start out as beginners. So take a moment to think. How would you honestly describe your prayer life? How has this month of prayer helped or challenged you? What would help you to grow even more in your prayer life? Talking growth group this week. Today I want to look at some examples of Christians from the past, how they lived and prayed. There's one particular point on my heart we will be looking at in the life of one family and then we will see what we can learn from one other more recent heroine of the faith. In Hebrews 11, there's a lengthy list of Bible heroes who have gone on ahead of us, including Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, Gideon, David. They pressed on through all sorts of trials and did all sorts of exploits for God. But it's Hebrews 12 verse 1 that always spurs me on in my faith. It says, after this list, Therefore, since we, that's you and I, Beacon Church, are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. The author of Hebrews describes those who've gone before us as a cloud of witnesses. Now, whether they're literally watching us from heaven or whether it's a figure of speech, I don't know. Ask Steve. But it's very encouraging and challenging to think of ourselves being cheered on by those who have gone before us. Do you ever think about the things they lived through and the faith highs and lows they must have experienced, their triumphs and disasters, their joys and tragedies, and all the quiet days and years in between that don't get mentioned. I considered many people to focus on today for their prayer lives, but the first family I want to look at, and for a particular reason, is the Wesleys. Susanna Wesley was born in the 17th century. 
She was an awesome praying mother who raised a large family and would daily sit and pull her apron up over her face as she sat in her kitchen to create space to pray in the middle of a hectic family life. A great example of making time to pray, but what about the fruit of her prayers and parenting? Among her children were her sons John and Charles Wesley, who were doubtless influenced and trained by her example. John became the leading figure of the Methodist movement. He was known to pray four hours a day, and then later eight hours a day, to strengthen and equip himself for the extraordinary work he pioneered. His brother Charles wrote some 6,500 hymns, including Abide With Me, Fast Falls the Even Tide. And can it be that I should gain? Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. Wow. The power of Susanna's prayers certainly played a part. Now, we didn't all have parents who prayed for us and raised us in the Lord, like Susanna Wesley, but we will never know who paid, prayed for us. Grandparents, Sunday school teachers, friends, friends' parents. We all have different journeys that led us to Jesus. But the reason I mention the Wesleys is that, thinking of children, I really want to encourage and remind us to pray for our children and young people at Beacon and beyond, for New Day when it's allowed again, and for Christian parents raising children and teenagers at the moment. It's a very difficult time, with lots of pressure and lots of wisdom needed. Let's cover them in prayer, ask God to protect them, and help them flourish. And that they grow up knowing Jesus for themselves, solidly grounded and prepared for the work he has for them. At the Beacon regular Tuesday uh, morning prayer meetings, everyone's welcome to join or join the WhatsApp group, or ask for prayer. We regularly pray for many things, including our children and young people and children's leaders, trailblazer, cornerstone, etc. All of us need to be praying for them, for good friendships, for their parents, for wisdom, for protection, for their decisions about the future, for their future husband or wife. I know my own boys used to roll their eyes when I talked about praying for their future wives, but we have definitely seen God answer those prayers. Now, the other person I want to look at today is Corrie ten Boom, the Dutch watchmaker who died in 1983. A bit like Michael McIntyre's unexpected star of the show, Corrie saw herself as a most unexpected heroine of the faith. One of her well-known quotes is, Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tyre? I.e only used in emergencies. You may have heard of Corrie and the books and film about her life, The Hiding Place and In My Father's House. If not, I thoroughly recommend them. Grace and her sister Betsy were the daughters of a clockmaker, Caspar ten Boom, in Harlem, Holland, who in the Second World War helped and hid Jews from the Nazis in a secret room at the top of their home. Eventually they were themselves caught and sent when Corrie was 50 years old, to Ravensbrück concentration camp. Her father, Caspar, died aged 84 in police detention, just 10 days after his arrest. Her sister Betsy also died in Ravensbrück, but Corrie herself was released by a miraculous clerical error the week before all women of her age were sent to the gas chambers. And many years later, she was awarded 
a Righteous Among the Nations Award from Yad Vashem in Israel for risking her life to save Jewish people. And she spent the rest of her life into her 80s travelling the world to tell her story and preach the good news of Jesus. Quite a life. How do you begin to keep going when something so huge comes your way in life? When you have to find the courage to face great tragedy, difficulty or loss? Jesus tells us in John 16 verse 33, we will have trouble in this world. In Corrie's books, and there are some videos of her teaching in later life, she is very honest about the battles that raged in her heart and mind. Hatred for those who committed these crimes, who devastated both her family and those they sought to help. She wrestled with fear, grief, loss, inability to forgive. But slowly and gently, the Lord led her to a place of healing. From where she was able to tell others devastated by the war, there is a way, there is hope. She said, when he tells us to love our enemies, he gives us, along with the command, the love itself. The painful mystery is that God allowed Corrie and her family to go through this, but Corrie's story then became the most extraordinary testimony and inspiration to millions of others, including us today. Isaiah 48 verse 10 See, I have refined you, though not as silver, I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Isaiah 42 verse 1 Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So, I want to look at Corrie's life and her prayer life from two perspectives. First, I want to start by looking at how the family lived and prayed as Corrie grew up and the importance of those years in forming her character. If you looked at the Ten Boom family, Dutch Reformed believers, through the lens of a 21st century church life, they would have looked fairly sober and straight-laced ending every meal with prayer and Bible reading, overseen by her father, Caspar Ten Boom. But there was a lot of love and care and laughter too. Routine and discipline undergirded quiet, productive lives, and they had a strong sense of right and wrong, truth-telling, honouring authority and loving their neighbours. Caspar was widely known for his excellent skills, making and repairing watches and clocks, and Corrie assisted him, eventually becoming Holland's first woman watchmaker. Their home was also a hub for reaching out to anyone in need, door always open to those who needed a helping hand or a meal. They were valued and respected, but ordinarily would never have become known outside of Harlem or outside of Holland, and they were quite content, settled, blessed by that. There's a lot to be said for a quiet life. Timothy 1, chapter 2, verses 1 to 3 says... I urge then, first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live quiet and peaceful lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Saviour. So looking back, family and individual prayer was a natural part of their life, a solid foundation. Casper answered Corrie's questions when she was growing up about life and God. 
Corrie, Betsy and her mother would pray about everything, for neighbours, for the pupils in Betsy's class, she was a teacher. In today's screen-driven world, we are conditioned to seek excitement, change, we get bored with routine and try to find ways of making things fun. There's nothing wrong with fun and variety, but steady daily Bible reading and prayer are our vital life-giving foundation. And sometimes, like the Ten Boom family, the humdrum day-to-day -day rhythms of prayer and Bible reading are equipping us and training us for things we can't even imagine. There are many in Beacon who have been faithfully praying and serving the church for literally decades, and it seems to me that this is of huge value in God's eyes. God loves faithfulness because he is faithful. God answers prayer. My second reflection on Corrie's prayer life is from when the unimaginable happened years later and Corrie and Betsy were sent to Ravensbrück concentration camp. You'll have to read the book. I can't even imagine the horror and terror. Betsy said to Corrie as they arrived at the camp, now we are in hell. Doubtless they were shaken to the core, cold, hungry, beaten, stripped of dignity, but their foundation in God held firm. Corrie wrote that even from the age of five, she'd always been someone who prayed and who interceded, and she gives some amazing examples of how God answers prayers, sometimes immediately, sometimes decades later, and everything in between. So good, you'll just have to read it. But she said that she really, really learnt to pray and trust, and trust God in the concentration camp. In the midst of that awful, desperate situation, she and Betsy saw God move time and time again. Their little bottle of vitamin drops that never ran out, no matter how many people they gave drops to. Secret Bible studies where people came to know the Lord. Prayer chains up and down their cell block. When fights broke out in people's panic and distress, an atmosphere of peace and grace would come into the barracks in direct response to Betsy and Corrie's prayers. And then God's kindness to Corrie with the miracle that happened when Betsy went to be with Jesus. Through the furnace of affliction, Betsy's prayer life, uh, Corrie's, through the furnace of affliction, Corrie's prayer life, and she would say that she learned a huge amount from Betsy's example, was transformed. Gradually, her heart was changed and strengthened and she chose to pray and trust on a daily, sometimes minute by minute basis. She learned to hear God's voice more and more clearly as she depended on him. She said, my job was simply to follow his leading one step at a time, holding every decision up to him in prayer. Sometimes things happen in life that none of us would have chosen to go through in a million years. And some questions will not be answered this side of eternity. But I am in awe at the courage of Corrie ten Boom and her family. I love that, grounded in prayer and the word, their family was already known in the community for their kindness and compassion. I love the fruit that could be seen in their lives, in the ordinary, before the war came. Prayers were prayed. Prayers were answered. They gave. They served. Later in the war, I am in awe at their courage, their sacrifice, the price they paid. But it wasn't glamorous. It was literally blood, sweat and tears, exhaustion, confusion. But they still clung on to faith, like those listed in Hebrews, 
and so much fruit, so much glory to God came from the lives of this family. What will our testimony be? Let us be spurred on by the great cloud of witnesses, by the examples of those who've gone before us. What will your testimony be? Let's keep praying. To finish, many of you will know that Ivan in our church has been praying for his mum since before lockdown. Many of us have been praying with him. I'd like to end with a short interview we recorded this week of a journey he's been on, growing in prayer. Thank you. All right, so a bit closer to home. Since we're talking about prayer, I thought it would be uh, good to finish by hearing Ivan's testimony of the past year and uh, the journey that he's been on. So hi, Ivan, thanks for joining us. Hi, Angel, hi, nice, yeah, nice, nice to join you. All right, so a lot of us have been praying for you and with you this year about your mum in Brazil, who's yeah, not yeah, been sure. very well, but we, I know you've been on a journey of prayer. You've got some testimony of things that God's been doing and the things that you've learnt about prayer along the way, which uh, yeah. we'd like to hear. So tell us a bit about the last year and how you've been praying for your mum. Well, as you know, it was devastating when we found out about my mum's diagnosis and um, uh, it was November 2019. Um, God has already done a, a big, big miracle in her life. He healed her of a breast cancer uh, 20 years ago. And then we actually thought that this cancer situation of our family and my mum's life had, had finished. But it was quite shocking for us to find out that she had a uh, stage four pancreatic cancer in November 2019 after going through some uh, tests some, because she was not well, she was feeling particularly um, she wasn't feeling particularly good she had some uh, abdominal pains and um, she went after the test and then as I said it was devastating um, I didn't know what to do taking the whole thing in I thought like the only thing I could do is to pray for her because not being in there, not being able to be there with her all the time. And then we didn't know at first, they thought that would be operable and um, they couldn't operate it. And then, and that's just, it was very, very hard. And then um, there's nothing I could do. The only thing I could do is I say, I'm gonna start praying for her. I'm gonna start to um, asking God for his will to be done, for he keep my mom safe. And mm -hmm. then I went, as you said, I went on the, journey of prayer from there on seeking God's presence and um and how did throughout your prayer the... life change over that year well it changed massively it changed massively first I realized that it I wasn't praying enough it wasn't um I wasn't doing enough prayer I know I could I I, I realized like um first I started just praying for my mom every day and then as I was praying for her every day um, there were many, many things that um, God started to speak to me about that I should pray more and then things, um, areas that would be addressed that I should pray more and more. And um, um, it's like, I mean, as, as I was doing every day, God showed me ways and different areas of my life that I need, that need prayer, that I need to seek his presence for. And um, yeah, it, it, it definitely changed my perspective of prayer and then and seeks God's presence every day in different areas and not many areas I had to pray. Mm. Um, so how have you seen God answer prayer then in this last year for your mum? 
Yeah, it was amazing. This year that she she answered he answered um in many different ways. First, she um um the she's doing much better than the prognosis that the, the doctors gave her. She was much more um um uh, she she started the treatment, she kind of had um uh, she has very, very few reactions to the treatment. She was able to uh, leave to see another grandchild being born in Brazil. She, all her grandchildren at the first was just here in England. That's mm. case. And then now she had to see another grandchild being born. And she um, also celebrates just recently. She went, she managed to go for another Christmas and also recently she celebrates her um, 64th birthday. So, mm -hmm. and um, I mean, it, it, it is definitely a miracle and God, it, as I said, the diagnosis is still there, but I can see God's miracle. I can see God's presence. And, uh, and, and overall, it was my prayer habits and the way I pray for things change completely too so mm -hmm. i just felt like um 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 yeah every day i thank god and also in my may last year she also had coronavirus and um, wow. it was first wave of the coronavirus we when we thought that something was going to happen then she was going down the hills for because of the cancer it turns out it wasn't the cancer it was actually the virus and there was a massive massive big miracle that happened when she had when she had coronavirus she was in hospital she was overdosed with medication uh, by mistake by by a, um, a nurse and she had to have her stomach flushed and then god spared her life wow there. so yeah and um i'm more and more confident of us we always knew that but with the impacts of the things sometimes we kind of a little bit miss um lose the focus on things but i'm more and more confident that god has got her life and um mm. is care of her and then that's that's the only way i could do to find out that i actually needed that's the only way i could do to help her not being in there not being in brazil and then not being able to go to brazil now with the pandemic okay well thank you for that ivan we uh, we're standing with you in prayer and we're praying that you are able to get to see her not too long hope you don't have to wait too long before you go and see her but thank you and we're standing with yeah. you in prayer for your mum my pleasure thank you and i just say thank you for the whole church that have been praying they've been very supportive and um and and thank for the prayers for the help and i much appreciate that thank you very much yeah, you're welcome thanks ivan thank you thank you andrea and ivan so much to inspire us with, as Andrea suggested in our small groups this week. Let's ask those questions again. As a reminder, she said, let's be asking ourselves, how would you honestly describe your prayer life? Good conversation start already. Uh, secondly, how has this month of prayer helped or challenged you? And thirdly, what would help you grow even more in your prayer life? Good questions to stir our conversations and to work out what it is we need to do in response. Let's ensure that as a community, as God's people, as March comes to a close and as we turn our focus to other pressing matters, let's just be careful that prayer remains a fundamental part of who we are as his people. If you'd like to know any more about what we've been talking about, as always, there's an email address just coming up in a moment and songs are in the video details on Vimeo as well to worship him through song and to celebrate our great God who 
has rescued us and made any of this possible in the first place. Let's keep praying. Let's keep pressing in. Let's keep seeking his face. And let's see what he does. Have a great, great week.